So this is gonna be a weird one because I am sitting right now in a 12 room Airbnb with like 20 guys here at a bachelor party in Nashville. It's like 11:45 Central right now. Yes, I said Central because I'm at a bachelor party in Nashville doing an emergency podcast because uh, as we at the Athletic were the first to report. Uh, the Wizards are going to remove the interim tag from Tommy Shepard's title. They are going to make him the full-time general manager. Uh, I believe that a decision will be coming soon, within the next week or so. Uh, this is this is now happening. I don't think this is a shock to anybody who's been following the process. It's been 16 weeks of Tommy Shepard being an interim GM for the Wizards and running the draft and running free agency. I don't think anybody should be surprised. If you listen to this podcast, you heard me say earlier this week that, you know, I I believe that it's going to end up being Tommy at some point, and I'm sure there are a million other media members who have said the same thing. I'm Fred Cast, by the way. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and uh, first of all, I don't have my microphone. I got I got nothing. There could be somebody walking in and out of this room at any given moment. This is just going to be a totally messed up podcast, and it's mostly going to be messed up because on the Skype line, I had to have nobody else but Ben Standick to talk about this. Wait, that's why it's going to be messed up because I'm on yes. the other line. Yes, that's exactly. Oh right. wow, <clears throat> that's exactly. You accurate. must you must you must have met some of my ex girlfriends then. It makes sense. <laughs> uh, let's just jump right off of this. Okay, so. They take 16 weeks. Tommy basically gets a three-and-a-half-month audition to show at essentially the most consequential time of the year. You know, the three most consequential times of the year for a general manager, right, is around the trade deadline, around the draft, and around free agency. Tommy gets two out of those three. And he gets a chance to prove not just, like, how he operates on a day-to-day basis and not even – what moves he would make if he were GM for a week, but he gets to show what kind of, you know, before I started covering the NBA, I kind of just thought the most important thing with the GM is the transactions, the trades, the signings, maybe crafty moves that they make, because that's just kind of what we see, right? But it's it's so much more than that, because you set the culture for an organization, you set the priorities for an organization, from everything from basketball stuff to non-basketball stuff, and it all trickles down from there. And in 16 weeks, you 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 get a little bit of a chance to at least show what your priorities are for culture and that kind of stuff. What's your first reaction when you hear Tommy is getting it? Um, I don't even know if I had a reaction, only because it was like, you know, I mean, it, we reached a point, I don't know exactly when, what was... But but I guess probably like once we got through for it, like once they started a, you know getting to the Isaiah Thomas Bertrand, like once we reached basically, like what else could it possibly be? After three months of crazy, the only crazy thing would have been he didn't get the job. So like I guess I was just sort of kept going with the assumption. I mean, of course this has happened. Um, I, you know, it, for, from my personal perspective, I'm just like, kind of like, wait, you couldn't have done this a month ago. I got to go into Redskins coverage like next week. You couldn't have like solved this. Weeks ago, to, to, you know, to, to hire the guy in the building would have made my life easier. I could have gotten like a couple of days off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think I, mean, I have a lot more thoughts to it. But it's in a general sense, sure, about time. 
Um, not not a stunner. And uh, I think the I, the process is ultimately to me more interesting than the end result based on, again, the long-held assumption I've had at this point that Tommy was going to get the job. You know what my reaction was? It was, it was oh, my God, get me off of this airplane. I just, I, yesterday was the weirdest day, man. So I'm flying to Nashville, and I'm on an airplane buying internet so I can iMessage with people to try to confirm this thing. And, and I'm on, like, the smallest airplane ever. It's just wildly uncomfortable. Um, it, it, we have the weirdest jobs to where I can be, like, give, give employers, like, two months notice that, like, yeah, yeah, I just had this weekend, it's, you know, July 19th, it should be fine, they're like, yeah, it should be fine, and then, then this crap happens, right? Yeah, no, the timing is always, uh, you, you, you try to, you try to plan, you try to have, you try to have some sort of a semblance of a, of, of a life, or get away even for the day, whatever it may be, and then, the, yeah, the stuff falls, I mean, obviously, that's like, you know, hell, you know, Murphy's Law, or whatever you want to call it, but, uh, the uh, pretty pretty rough timing on your part there to be uh, to be on a plane and, uh, and traveling. It was hilarious. It was ridiculous. It was totally so absurdist. <clears throat> so not to uh, ask myself a question, but you said, "What did I think of the thing?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, the question me. for me. The question for me is more about <laughs> the question for me is more about <clears throat> what do I actually think of the hire itself and. My basic answer is I, I don't know, and I don't really think that any of us could could know for sure. But in this case in particular, it's really hard to know, and that's bec- it's not because I don't think Tommy Shepard is qualified. I think he's, he, you know any reasonable person would think he is. He, again, he's been interviewed for other jobs. He was interviewed for the Pelicans job this year, so it's not like other teams don't think he's a worthy candidate. Um, it's not that uh, it's not a matter of whether you know, people think he's qualified. Like I said, they do, and it's not a matter of. Like for me, his ba- the, the the conceptual aspect of his moves, you know, using trade exceptions to get to acquire players effectively for free to to buy into the second round, basic things like that. I really works for my basketball sensibilities. Whether the players are the right ones, you know, only time will tell if Hakimura or Mo Wagner or whatever were the right calls. Yeah, you know but, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no no no, but. <laughs> But the reason why I can't say for sure if this is the right call is because we have no idea what the relationship is going to be now between him and the owner. If they had hired almost anybody from the outside, especially somebody like a Tim Connolly or, or a Masai Jiri or somebody of, of clout, then presumably they would have had a conversation with ownership and said, okay, well, I'm willing to do this. For, let's get past the money. I'm willing to do this with X amount of power or with X amount of expectations. Now, maybe the owner, even to those guys, says, well, you can't trade Bradley Beal, for example. I, you know, who knows? But with Tommy Shepard, it's hard to imagine that that type of conversation really existed, simply because he's been in the building and he didn't have much leverage to work with. He didn't have anywhere else to go. And so, based on that, it's hard, it, it, the reason why I'm not sure what, if this was a good was because I don't, I don't know what will change. Now, maybe everything will change because, like I said, Tommy did things differently this offseason than we have seen in recent years, but. If ownership is still dictating terms, as he admitted he did with Ernie Grunfeld, then who's to say ultimately things will be different? That's why for me, it's even though I like Tommy and I don't have an issue with the hire per se, the fact that ownership, you know, clearly I don't believe there was a conversation that said, hey, ownership, we want to do things differently, X, Y, Z, 
like for real, or like you know, even Brad that we you know whatever we want to do with him, we have total carte blanche. It's just a struggle for me today to think that's definitively the case. That's why I'm saying I got to wait and see if I think this is a good hire. Mike Prada, who is the creator of SB Nation, I was hanging out with him at Summer League, and we were talking about Tommy, and he he I thought he said it very well. He said this summer we've seen that Tommy is probably going to be really good at turning a dime into 12 cents. But let's see what he does with with cash money. Like, let's see if he can turn a dollar into a five. Because that's that's really where a GM is good, right? And those are two different skills. It's a different skill to be able to say, because you know what? If you're in a position where you're like, we don't care about the upcoming season, it's a lot easier to make those moves where you're like, yeah, we'll take on – Mo Wagner for free and have right. have him and Bonga take up two roster spots and we'll see what they're like and see if we like them. And yeah, we'll take on a unprotected 2022 second rounder for it. And it's like when you're in that position as an organization, don't get me wrong. It's a great move. Getting a 22 year old center and a, and a 19 year old point guard is, is a good move. Uh, when the center was a first round pick a year ago and, and the, and the point guard is, you know, someone who's like super raw, but maybe has some potential. And obviously you get a second rounder out of it, like for literally nothing. Uh, it's great, but it's, that's one of those diamond to 12 cents moves. Now I'm not saying Thomas Shepard can't make the turning a dollar into a five, turning a five into a 10, turning a 10 into a 20 move, but we just don't know because the wizards from a roster building standpoint today are not in the position to where they have, you know, there they can turn, you know, bills into larger bills unless they trade Bradley Beal. Uh, and that's really their only large bill. They didn't come into the summer with cap room. They were over the cap. They could use a mid-level exception to sign free agents and the biannual exception, and that was it. They used their trade exceptions cleverly. They got Davis Bertans essentially for free. They traded the rights to Aaron White, and there's no guarantee that Aaron White is going to come over. Um, it's possible, for sure, but but it's not a guarantee, certainly not for sure. Um, so they've made these small, clever moves, which are very nice in the in the moment, rebuilding stuff to not set them up for 2019-20, but maybe put them in a little better of a position for 2020-21. But the way that a really good general manager becomes a really good general manager is with those those turning those bills into larger bills. I just, I love this analogy from Brita. And uh and that's yeah, kind of the conversation that we had there. It's like we got to wait and see where Tommy's at with doing that latter part because we just don't know. Summer didn't allow for him to show if he can do it. Now the Wizards are obviously betting that he can. And they I, don't get me wrong, they have good reason to believe that he can. I think a lot of people – what was really striking to me was a lot of people reaching out to me uh, yesterday who know Tommy saying things along the lines of, finally, great ire, the Wizards they made the right decision, things like that, because Tommy's a really popular guy in the league and just kind of knows everybody. He's got a million friends in the league, and – I think people have just kind of been waiting on this, and I think there were a lot of people in the league who were rooting for him to get it and thought he deserved it. That's obviously a good sign. Probably had some good letters of recommendation. Uh, but you just it's just so hard to judge a GM hire when it's a dude who's never been a GM before, you know? Like, 
it, it's, yeah. it's just so difficult for us, for teams, you know, whatever it is, it's just really hard. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, in a general, in a very general sense, the, um, the, uh, any, any assistant general manager hire or trades in Langdon or, you know, pick, pick somebody else you wanted, anybody would have been like, yeah, we have to wait and see. They've never actually done this job before and you never know. You know, it's always like when they, you know, they, they pluck the coordinator from Bill Belichick's staff and think they're getting Bill Belichick. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. A lot of those guys have flopped. Some of them work. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I I mean, at the end of the day, the pro- I mean, <clears throat> the process that they went through is ultimately going to trump the result for now. If if and, and probably I, I, and probably for for Tommy Shepard, it's going to be rough because this year is looking like a, a a particularly doozy for the Wizards. Last year will 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 have been probably uh, emotionally worse because there were such high expectations and it just felt like kind of just. Everybody was frustrated the whole season. This one will probably be a lot more optimism, but the win total will probably be less. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how he's judged or how, you know, both in terms of internally, but also in terms of externally. How do people assess what they're doing? Do the, if the Wizards are scrappier but losing, do people appreciate the hustle? Or do people just be like, oh, boy, here we go again, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I do think that's where expectations it's important to set. I do think I've said this before, I think, on this podcast. I think that's why it's important for people who do what we do to be realistic with expectations. Um, and, uh, you know, if you start you keep talking about making the playoffs, I mean, you know, God bless him. Maybe Rui Hachimura is the rookie of the year, and that happens. But, you know, until we see any evidence of something like that, that you know, you can't, you can't, it's hard to think. It's, it'll be interesting to see sort of the, the tone, which, is, like you said, comes a lot from – the, the GM in theory, but but there's all but there's a there's a lot more to get into. I know you're going to have more about this on the athletics, so I don't want to step on too much. But um, yeah, I mean there's still a lot to consider when it comes to how is this going to work. You know, how long does Tommy Shepard get the gig for? What power does he have? What does he have over Scott Brooks, if anything, who's going to have a bigger deal one way or the other, presumably? Um, so lot 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 to get into for, still for sure into what. What, what's actually going to, if this thing's actually going to work or not. Yeah, and, and and it's going to be really interesting to see the structure of the rest of the front office, right? Like, they had three VPs last year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those guys. Um, you know, I wrote in the story that uh, they are going to expand their front office. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what they, what realms they move into on that front. Um, like, when you hire a guy at the top, when you hire a new GM, you're not just hiring a GM, you know? And, and I don't just mean like, well, you know, they're going to expand some parts of the front office. And so, uh, you know, you're hiring those people too. I mean, like, he might use people differently, you know? He he might he might say Brett Greenberg or Frank Ross or Ed Tapscott, you were focusing the most on this, but I think – you would be better used if you were doing this more, you know, like those sorts of things are going to be interesting. And that's, that's on us to be able to find out what's happening throughout next year and, you know, accurately portray what's going on in that front office in terms of how people are being used, what the priorities are, what they're relying on, 
who is doing what because I'm always fascinated by the inner workings of, of organizations and how that stuff works. And I think a lot of fans are interested to know that stuff. But it's not just like Tommy goes to the top and that's it. There is, like I said before, there's a trickle-down effect on other guys there and women there as well. And uh, I think following that, and I don't know what they're going to be, but following that is going to be an interesting thing. But uh, So one thing I do think is interesting to keep an eye on, it, and we'll have to see, was it was difficult to find details of Ernie Grunfeld's contract, but what, what, what kind of terms does Tommy Shepard get? I mean, if he gets four years, great, then it's his job, and he can, start, he can feel a little more comfortable in making some moves in how he sees fit. But if it's something probably more realistic, like, I don't know, two years or less, a one-and-one, one, whatever it may be, if it's something along those lines, then, you know, how does that work? Does he, you know, does that change? I don't think it will, but will it change his willingness to make certain aggressive moves? Does he play it safe, or you just talked about turning a dime into 12 cents versus taking some bigger swings, not, you know, when the situation presents itself, which it didn't necessarily this season. So anyway, so I think that's that's something that's interesting. That's something that we definitely need to uh, – you know, see if we can find out at some point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just the level of commitment, right? I mean, that's going to be a, an interesting thing too. I mean, it's just I'm I'm curious about a lot of this. We don't know a lot. We got a lot of time to find out. We got at least one whole season to learn it all. Um, what else we got? Here's the thing. We've talked so much about all of Tommy's moves already. I feel like in some ways I'm just repeating myself, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's like when you said, like, what was my reaction? I'm like, well, I mean, he's reshaped the entire roster. <laughs> like, it's just like he's already done the whole, you know, if they had named him, you know, given him the status prior to the draft, and you asked me that same question, I would have had, oh, wow, okay, I guess he really wowed them early or blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know, it's uh, – We've already gone through this whole uh, whole exercise. Um, one, one thing I will say, and um, I've become a big fan of keeping track of narratives in, in the last year or so. Like, you know, everybody's got everybody's trying to spin something. You hear about the spin room in politics. Everybody's always trying to spin something, put their best foot forward. And I'm not even necessarily saying there's anything wrong with that. We all do that to some degree. I've seen your dating profiles, people. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but. Uh, but, like, in, the, in this sense, like, as Fred said earlier, sure, did this ultimately turn into an evaluation for Tommy Shepard? Sure. Was that the plan from the start? I'm going to call BS on that. There's no way that they went through four months just to see if Tommy Shepard could do the job to land here. If they did, they wouldn't have obviously gone for Tim Connolly or some other things. Like, if you were if Tim Connolly said yes, then, actually, then obviously you weren't giving Tommy Shepard a trial. So... That the, the idea of if, if you start hearing that, because you know, the, among the questions that I'm sure I ha- that, that I'm sure some of us still have is like, what's been going on the last six weeks, or from however long it's been since the Tim Connolly thing happened. We've all talked about Masai Ujiri a lot, and you can you can decide whether you agree with the reporting that was out there from myself, from Fred, from Woj, or you can take the owner's word face value that there was never any interest. He's never even considered hiring a guy who who, who was such who's such a good GM. He just won a title. So you can decide for yourself all those things. But I just think, you know, 
things will start to things will start to come out in the next you know starting now and through the next you know few days or whenever we get to a Tommy Shepard announcement that these are the things we we we, we recognize Tommy was the guy and we moved forward in this direction throughout the process. I would just say listen to what they say, think for yourself, but tread lightly if you start hearing narratives of like oh just a trial the whole time. This was always where we were heading. I would tread lightly there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I okay. Here's something I will say. I the Wizards are going to get not like widely slammed for this uh, because it's so niche, but there will be snickers made about the Wizards hiring a search firm and hiring a guy internally. Right. Uh, I will say that should not be the case. Look, search firms are like ridiculous to me in a lot of ways. Uh, but here's what bothers me. There's no reason to make fun of the organization for having the search firm. Like we constantly talk about like when a player takes less money so we can save an owner luxury tax payments we constantly talk about, like, no, why are the millionaires saving the billionaires' money, right? We're always talking about, no, it, all an owner has to do to spend money is just want to spend money. He should want to spend money on his team. So however much that search firm costs, and I don't know how much Ted Leonsis paid for that search firm, but conventional payments is like you're paying six figures or something like that. I mean, you're paying a lot of money for it. Who cares if that led them to hiring someone internally? I mean, who, you know how who much cares? It, you know how much it's, it costs it's his money. It? It's his money. You know how much it costs? How much does it cost? A lot, a lot less than a subscription to the Athletic, where you can read <laughs> what what we're talking about. Just, just gonna say that. Yeah, but like, if he wants to spend his money on that, it's his money. We always talk about well, no, there's one. This is a way. It's not a ginormous way an owner is gonna spend. It's le- probably it's less than a minimum contract, but it's a way that an owner can spend. You know. And I just don't think – I think it's hypocritical for a fan or whomever else to say, well, owners should want to spend money on the team. Their their number one goal should be winning. And a way an owner can do that or one of the ways an owner will contribute to that is by spending money on the team. And then when an owner spends money on the team in a way that really doesn't have downside, maybe it didn't help in the least and maybe it was a waste of money, but he spent money on the team, like – you can make a joke about it. I, that that's fine, but like an actual criticism of it, it's just not worthy of criticism. I don't think. Now you can criticize the search firm because search firms are weird as hell, but it, it's fine, you know. Yeah, I know you're. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's sort of like you know all the things that are outside the salary cap. Go ahead, spend spend away. Do 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 what you need to do to to help. Uh, when the team, I, I guess the one thing I would wonder about, and we'll probably never know, is typically when these search firms happen, the, the the general names pop up that we imagine, and certainly in the, in, you know, some of the names that the Wizards interviewed were common ones. I mean, like I said, Tommy Shepard was with the Pelicans, Gerson Rojas, as well. Um, you know, Danny Ferry, Troy Weaver, not exactly you know you know out of the box names, but the fact that they went so hard towards Tim Connolly and as we believe, you know, or at least prepping towards Masai, it is curious. I wonder what the, what, what sort of information they plugged into the search firm. Hey, 
We want the surge firm, but <laughs> we have our own thoughts as to how to get there. Or did the surge firm say, hey, you know what? We can hear some conventional names, but maybe you guys need to go outside the box. I would love to know how that how that went down. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and when this is all said and done, I think that's a question that's, that's worth asking. Uh, I mean, I also think it's worth noting that search firm in some ways, it's a little bit of a misnomer, right? Like, it's not just for the search. Mike Ford, as we've both talked about and written about a million times, and Ted said it in his press conference after he fired Ernie, uh, you know, he was going to perform an internal audit of the Wizards. That's kind of like his area where he helps teams, right? Like, he did that with the Nets, his close relationships with the Spurs because of that kind of stuff. That that's kind of his his area of expertise where he goes in and he says, okay, this is how you should allocate resources, this is how you should do this, and then he helps you form a new way and, and maybe more efficient way to do business. So let's see how they operate under Tommy. Let's see what they do there. Um, any other final thoughts? You got anything else? Man, I mean, uh, it's weird. Like, it's all kind of over at this point. I mean, that, you know, there could be some, you know, random move. There is another two-way player contract to, to be out there if, or, you know, to, to fill at some point. But basically after, you know, what a long, strange journey it's been or what, what, what are people writing yearbooks? Uh, have have, have a great is, summer. <laughs> uh, have mean, a great man, summer, Ben. I mean, because April you are, 2nd. After this thing, you are not going to hear from them uh, for a long-ass time. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll just—I'll uh, be easy to find. I'll be melting in Richmond. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, here we are. It just finally got to. I mean, like it's the 50th anniversary of the of the moon landing, and it feels like April 2nd was, but maybe not 50 years ago. But man, it has been a—it's been a minute. Uh, it's been interesting, but I guess I guess we're done uh, for now. I'll tell you what. Well, that is until that is until Bradley Beal's contract extension becomes the story and we find out what happens there and 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 guess what you know, we what, got what, we got less than a week until we get there we're recording this thing on July 20th that's July 20 July 26 right July 26 I believe so yes so we got 6 days news cycle never ends it it does not end uh not not this year, at least for the Wizards. No, nah, the NBA never ends. There's always stuff. And then you're going to have Team USA practice stuff. You're going to have FIBA World Cup. There's – basketball does not end. It is it is legit a year-round sport. Like, you think that September is going to be quiet? Nah, you got FIBA World Cup for two weeks. Like, there's always something. There's always something. Well, I'll tell you what. From a completely personal standpoint, I'm excited to be writing about basketball again and not GM stuff. It's more fun. It's what I signed up to do. You know? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, go, going, you know, yeah, Ch- chasing this stuff down. I know if some people think it's cool or whatever, but it gets, uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, uh, well, I don't know. I'll say it's a chore, but let's not go overboard. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's not exactly the, uh, the norm and you start getting into weird areas and the uh, bottom line is that's done the announce oh we didn't even get well whatever the announcer's done uh everything's done except for this brad stuff oh, yeah we, you, should, uh, we should talk about you should talk about justin kutcher right fire away 
Sure. Do you want to talk about them? You know what? I'll talk. Uh, you know what? We don't need to talk about it. Let's make this the GM podcast, and I, I'm going to talk about it uh, on 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 next week's episode. We'll talk about we'll talk about Buck and and thoughts on that because I know Wizards fans care about that stuff. Uh, but if you this, haven't yet, uh, our colleague Eamon Brennan's uh, column on the whole Buck Ants thing in terms of the way it went, how uh, the, the whole process went, it's a uh, Worth it, worth your time, and uh, you know if you're not a member yet, it's one of those things I'd say go subscribe if you're into the Buck Hands thing. Yeah, so you can read about you can read about Buck there. You can uh, you can go get some further insight into the Tommy Shepard hiring up with my piece up on the Athletic uh, from Friday. You can also check out Friday morning. I had a story just going over like four of the Wizards' big weaknesses and big strengths for the upcoming season. Honestly, when I'm doing this, the I'm just looking through stats for this story, and I'm trying to find interesting stuff to write about. The fact that Davis Bertans shot the same percentage on corner threes last year as John Wall shot on layups is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. That is ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, that is pretty wild. Basketball Reference had him at 59.6% on corner threes last year, and NBA.com had John Wall at 59.6% on shots in the restricted area. That is obscene. That is the most ridiculous thing. Davis Bertans is as automatic from from corner three as John Wall is on a freaking layup. That is how good of it. And he's 53% from the corners for his career, by the way. So, like, yeah, he, he shot a little better than his career number, but not, like, outrageously better. It's like if a 37-career shooter shoots 42 for one year. It's, like, a plausible thing. It's just insane. That is craziness. He made 59.6% of his corner threes last year. Uh, I, just, I love that stat so much. And I knew he was a great corner three-point shooter, but I did not realize he literally made three out of five. That is uh, – he'll, he'll need to do that for the Wizards to uh, have, some, uh, have some fun times this year. So – Good stat, good thoughts, and uh, congrats on uh, almost being done for the summer. <laughs> almost. Same, same to you. Uh, you got anything uh, to plug before we go? Uh, no. Uh, it's, you know, if you go to the athletic, my stuff's on there too. I, I, I'm, uh, I, I got nothing. Perfect. Go to the athletic. Read Ben. Subscribe. Read me. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give us five stars. Leave a nice review. Like I always say, you know what's nice about the nice reviews? They're really nice, and they help with the iTunes stuff. Uh, I'll be back next week, probably early next week, uh, just to chat. We'll talk about Buck stuff and, and other things, and obviously it's a changing time for the organization. And Retire all of your Wizards not having a GM jokes. I hope you got them out because they're over. It's done. Although I guess you can still maybe get them out there for a little bit until the Wizards make the news official, which will be pretty soon. Until then, I'll talk to you guys later.